0: A beautiful church. Why don't you turn with me today to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. If you where Mark is, it's in the New Testament, in the second half of your Bible. Mark chapter 4 is where we're going to be. We're going to start at verse 33 today. And uh, if you don't have it in front of you on your Bibles, it's on, also on the screen. And uh, as I give you some time to flip to it, I'm going to take a sip of water and we're going to get ready because we're not a church of spectators. We're a church of participants and so because we're a church of participants we're going to read this out loud and uh how about this i'm going to drink a drink of water and you guys are going to read it in a big loud voice starting with verse three three one two three it says jesus jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand how many of us know that god is the greatest story writer no one writes stories the way that God writes stories. No one's been writing them longer. No one's been writing them better. And He is an expert at writing stories to show people who He is and what He's all about. And in fact, when you read the Bible, you're going to find if you read the Bible from cover to cover, you're going to find this is that the Bible is a collection of so many different books, 66 books that were written over a period of thousands of years, thousands of years with 40 different authors from different backgrounds, different contexts, different situations, and yet despite all that diversity, there's a unity in the diversity. Is that there is one message that threads through the entire Bible from cover to cover, though it was written by so many different people over so many thousands of different years, that there's one story, and that story is that God loves you, He made you, He created you for a relationship with Him. The story is about how we, you know, strayed away from God. We did our own thing. We were apart from God, had no way of reaching him on our own. But because God loved us and never gave up on us, he sent a savior. His name is Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, to rise again from the grave so that we could be reconciled to God and that one day we could rule and reign with him. That is the story of the Bible. That's the story that God has written. And, you know, Jesus, when he was teaching on the earth, you would find this about him is that Jesus would often tell stories. Do you guys notice that? that Jesus would often use stories to communicate lessons and truths about who God is and what God does. He would say these these short stories called parables. Everyone say parables, which were like these short stories with a point to them. And it's because God is a great storyteller. And in the same way, I'm here to tell you today is that God is writing a story with your life. Whether you know it or not, whether you see it or not, whether you believe it or not, the fact is this. God is writing a story with your life where the hero of that story is Jesus. And the story is there to show you and to show others who God is and what God does. And you know what? When you realize that God is writing a story in and through your life, something happens in you. Is that your perspective changes. All of a sudden, when you realize that God is writing a story with your life, you can now understand a little bit better why you're going through what you're going through. All of a sudden, when you realize that God is writing a story with your life, all of a sudden, you you have a fresh perspective, and you can see a little bit more clearly what you need to do or what your purpose on earth is for and why God placed you here. And so if you're here in this place and you're kind of questioning your circumstances right now, then I'm here to tell you today God is writing a story with your life, and it's a greater story than anything that you could ever write for yourself. If you believe that, say amen. And it's with that in mind that today, we are doing something which we started last week at our Easter service. It's a series that we've called Your Story, My Story. Can everyone say, Your Story, My Story? And Your Story, My Story is all based on this idea that God is writing a story in every person's life. And every Sunday, what we're doing is we're inviting someone up to come up to the stage and these are people who are ordinary people like you and me, who've made mistakes like you and I have, who have strengths like you and I do, who, who have weaknesses like you and I have, who you know have had their share of sorrow, have had their share of joy, and they're going to come up and bravely share a little bit of their story in a conversational kind of way with me about how God made a difference in their lives, how Jesus made a difference in their lives. And as you listen to these stories, I think you're going to find that not only you're going to learn something about those people not only you learn something about their story but you learn something about the story that God wants to write in and through your life as well are you guys ready i said are you guys ready I'm excited for this. Last week, we had Dr. Tony Lee who came up and he shared uh, his story with us. And that was a lot of fun. And that was uh, really an amazing time of of learning how God can take a hard heart and soften it. Uh, Today, I am very, very excited to welcome to the stage our second guest for Your Story, My Story. We're only doing this for three weeks. Next week's the last week. Today's the second. But our second guest is uh, someone that I've known for 17 years now. I've known her for 17 years. Uh, She is my optometrist, okay? She's an optometrist, and and she's actually been my optometrist for over 10 years now. She is an entrepreneur. She actually runs her own business. She's also a young mother, Uh, has a little baby uh, who's just one and a half. Uh, She also, I don't know if you know this, has a second degree black belt in karate. I don't know if you know that about her, but she's got a second degree black belt in karate, so you don't want to mess with her, okay? In fact, she's, in fact, the only person that I know who, on one hand, she can beat you up with her karate skills, and she give you a black eye, and then she can use her optometry skills to analyze and, you know, assess the damage to that said eye. You know, and, and that, that's, 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 that's just her background. That's just who she is. I don't know many people like that. In fact, she's the only one I know who can do that. Fortunately, as strong as she is and as, you know, dangerous as she could be if she wanted to... Uh, jessica chang she is also one of the kindest gentlest people that i know and she's an irreplaceable friend to pastor charlene my wife and me uh she's also the finance director here at thrive and uh, she was here near the very beginning when uh, our church started meeting in my parents basement uh many years ago and so would you join me in giving a very very warm thrive welcome to the one known the very talented dr jessica chang let's give her a big big hand right now can we do that together all right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Please welcome Dr. Jessica Chang up to the stage. Let's give her a big hand. Welcome her right now. Praise God. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Jess, it's awesome to have you here. And, uh, you know, I, I think we've been friends now for 17 years. Can you believe that? A really long time. Yeah. A long time since basically I was 11 years old. Right? And I was eight, I, I'm, I'm yeah. forever 28, right? Yeah. And then yeah. you were probably I was something, yeah. you were about eight yeah. years old, yeah. okay? Yeah, like more or less. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's kind of where we knew. And, and the reason why we met was because uh, I was dating my wife at the time. Uh, and uh, she's still my wife, of course. And her name is Pastor Char. Uh, Charlene and you, you guys met back in high school, right? Yeah, in... And- grade eight. Yeah. Okay. Do you we were the circumstances that you guys Yeah, met? I
1: think we were in the same gym class and we found each other in the hallway. We were lost. We didn't know where the gym was. So we went to find our first gym class together. Wow.
0: So you guys were on a scavenger hunt to find the gym class yeah. and that's how you guys became friends. You guys exactly. found one another in the process. That's really, yeah. really cool. And uh, Jess was a bridesmaid at our wedding. Okay. We, we also helped out at her wedding. Uh, and uh, you know, it's been just an amazing 17 years that I've known her and of course, even more for Pastor Shar and Jess as well. I thought before we shared a little little bit about your story Jess. we could maybe look at a few pictures from your past is that okay sure. yeah would you guys like to see some pictures from Jess's past yeah is that okay all right we're gonna show some hopefully not too embarrassing pictures uh from the past let's start with this first one right here okay oh look at that that's cute who's that cute little girl there
1: that should be me
0: okay all right that's you all right and do you know how old you were at that time
1: probably about one and a half or two years old Okay,
0: yeah. awesome, awesome. Let's just kind of pan out into the next photo. That's, uh, of course, you with your family. Uh, that's your dad, uh, snazzy dresser there. He's, uh, he's a good-looking dresser there. Uh, and I uh, he understand he's from Thailand? He was born there, yeah. Okay, he was born mm-hmm. there. Uh, and then your mom is from Vietnam, mm-hmm. okay? They met in the States doing s- school together? Yeah, right, they in were the
1: international students at a university in Texas, and in that's Texas? where they met. Wow, yeah.
0: okay. But then you were born in Vancouver. That's right. Wow, mm-hmm. so you guys, your family's been all over but you were born, bred, raised in Vancouver, that's Vancouver right. girl, yeah. straight up, yeah. fantastic, in the 604. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, you, uh, of course, aren't the only child. Let's look at the next picture right here. Uh, this is you. And who's that beside you? Uh, she's
1: my older sister, Jennifer. She's three years older than myself. And I think we were uh, probably three and six in this picture. And. Uh in uh, San Francisco.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And of course, it's not just the two of you. Let's look at the next picture. Who's that third guy right there?
1: He's my younger brother, Jeffrey. He's okay. two and a half years younger than myself. That's yeah.
0: really cute. Fantastic. Let's look at the next photo here. Uh, you guys are obviously uh, a really close family, and you are the middle child.
1: I was. You yeah, are. And, I and in fact,
0: right, you're right there in the middle. In fact, no, go back, go back. I just wanted to show the, the one there, you're, you're right right there in the middle, right there. Um, what was it like to be the middle child of the family?
1: Uh, it was pretty fun being a middle child. So for those of you who are a middle child, you, you can probably connect to this. So as a middle child, you get to pick your side. You can either, you know, team up with your older sister, pick on your younger brother or team up with your younger brother and play a prank on your older sister. So it was a lot of fun. I got in a lot of trouble, but it was great being a middle child.
0: Okay. Well, let, let's, let's keep on going with this next photo here. This is you guys being a little bit older now. You mentioned, you know, playing pranks on your sister and having fun. Like, can, you, can you give us an example of that?
1: I can there's lots but I'll pick one um, so back in the day uh, in elementary school we used to get a class list you know everyone's name would be written and their phone numbers would be written and you'd actually have to hand write them into an address book and that's what you would keep to contact people in your class and uh, so uh, my sister had her address book in her desk and you know I know she had a crush on someone in her class so I told my brother hey let's go steal her address book so we went to her desk opened it Locked ourselves in the bathroom with a, a cell phone, uh, sorry, with a, with a phone. And uh, we, 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 uh, we wanted to call that boy and tell her that, tell him that she had a crush on him. So she was yelling, she was screaming, she was crying. She's like, <laughs> no, don't do it. And then finally, my mom heard all the ruckus. She came here, she came to the bathroom, made us come out. We got in a lot of trouble. Didn't get the chance to make that call, though. Wow. <laughs> wow. So these are all
0: these are the pre smartphone days when people would exactly. actually write their addresses. Now nowadays that would be the equivalent of stealing a person's phone right? Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to put this away right now. just in case You <laughs> do okay, can okay, trust okay, me. I'm kidding. I'm c- I trust you. I trust you. Um, uh, but, but here's the thing is, I guess, uh, growing up in your home, uh, you know, what was that like? It was, was, was it, was it a, a f- was it a close
1: family? Was it, uh,
0: you know, a disciplined family? What was it like?
1: Uh, yeah, we spent a lot of time together. We traveled a lot together. We, uh, we were a really close family. It was really, you know, fun, good memories oh. growing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you told me earlier this past week that uh, as kids you like to wrestle one another, which is a common thing for kids to do. But I, I would imagine that in your home, wrestling with one another probably looked and felt kind of different for the sole reason that all of you were into karate, right? Yes. We are. Yeah, And in fact, uh, Jess, she is a second degree black belt in karate, she competed provincially and nationally for Canada. Uh, and so, I mean, that was, uh, in fact, do you guys want to see Jess do some karate right now? No. Is, that, is that something you want to do? Yeah. Maybe, like, uh, you know, m- maybe maybe <laughs> no. break the glass, can you can you do that yeah. right now for us?
1: Do I have to pay and replace it, though?
0: Uh, no, you, you I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll get, uh, Pastor Char will pay for it, and okay, so, yeah, you that's can, Okay, that's yeah, okay, then. You sure? Okay, well, maybe we'll just show some photos instead. And so, th- this is a photo of uh, Jess, I think uh, this is maybe one of your competitions, is that right? Yeah,
1: this is probably one of my first tournaments away from home. Um, Uh, This is, I think, the BC Winter Games. Okay.
0: Wow. And you're going up against uh, a larger opponent there. That looks like David and Goliath to me. That's really cool. Uh, Let's look at another photo Mm -hmm. here. Uh, There is your dojo squad. Yeah, yeah. And my brother's
1: in that picture as well.
0: Very, Mm -hmm. very cool. Wow. Uh, Awesome. And, you know, did you ever... Because you went... Pretty far into karate. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think of it as a possible career? Maybe MMA, or <laughs> no, uh, no. you know, or maybe your own dojo, like Sensei Jessica. Or no, like it, was, it was just a hobby. Is that right? Okay. <laughs> well, well you, yeah. Yeah, you had lots of hobbies. Uh, you know, yeah. figure skating was another one, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, you into a lot of different sports. But you are also quite an avid science student too, right?
1: I loved science growing up, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: uh, in fact, this next photo here, this is of Jessica uh, graduating from the Faculty of Science at UBC. That's Rose Garden right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about that in terms of at that point, did you already know you wanted to go into optometry? Had you considered other career paths as well?
1: I did. Um, so I, I really loved marine mammals growing up. I used to, you know, go to SeaWorld. And I want to be a marine biologist. Marine biologist. Okay. Yeah. I want Indology. to study marine wow. mammals. Yep. Yeah, very cool. Um, another thing I had considered was um, kind of being involved with the biotech industry because I really that was a really growing industry back then and still is, and so I want to be uh, kind of a lawyer, but on the IP intellectual property side of the, the kind of the biotech industry related okay. stuff so All right. okay yeah. gotta
0: to, got to watch out for those lawyers <laughs> I know um, I know yeah. no, I'm kidding that, that that's cool um you know uh in terms of settling on or not settling on that's the wrong word but like pursuing optometry as a profession like what what was it that made you decide yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go for optometry this way
1: I mean there is a lot of science and biology involved with it, but at the same time I was really familiar with the profession. I got my first pair of glasses when I was in grade two, actually, so I grew up going all the time. And so you know, I wanted to investigate it further, so I, you know, I volunteered at clinics and you know, involved with the pre-optometry club at UBC. And, you know, that, that solidified my decision to want to become an optometrist. And on another hand, I, I just remember being really scared going when I was a kid because uh, my optometrists actually get mad at me for giving the wrong answers on the eye test. Wow,
0: he would scold you. For yeah, like it's getting like, you're
1: not trying. This is or not the right it's answer. It's a BNR. <laughs>
0: What's wrong with you? <laughs> you okay.
1: Right. So then I was like, you know what? You know, if, if I can become an optometrist, I'd like to, you know, make the experience different for kids. So very cool.
0: Well, I'm I'm really glad that you know, as my optometrist, you always make it, uh, you know, a, a very a very pleasant experience, and you're very gracious. I'm glad. Thank th- thank you for never scolding me when I get things <laughs> wrong. That's that, that's really good. Um, now switching uh, gears here a little bit, I want to talk a little bit about faith and, you know, hmm. uh, you know, your relationship with God, religion, all that stuff. Like, what role did faith or religion play in your family when you were growing up?
1: Um, I, I would probably consider myself an atheist growing up. There wasn't much religious influence in my family. We didn't really talk about it. Um, you know, maybe once a year we would go to, like, the temple to, play, uh, to pay respects to our ancestors, but uh, I wasn't really explained in detail why we did that, and I think... Uh, we would go because my parents were used to it and maybe they grew up going so then they just thought like they should take us so that's kind of what my general understanding was of the whole thing so
0: basically you would consider yourself at that time to be an atheist yeah didn't Mm -hmm. grow up with much kind of you didn't go to church didn't have any kind of religious too too much of a religious background Mm -hmm. uh, in your family okay so kind of growing up as an atheist what was your perception of christians and christianity then
1: um, well, I mean, I had some Christian friends, and, you know, I knew, you know, I got along with them, they were really nice. Um, so, you know, I, I was familiar with Christians, and I had nothing against them, and, you know, they were my friends. Um, but with Christianity, I didn't really connect to it. I mean, I felt like it was a really far away and foreign concept, you know, I don't know who God is, like, you know, what who is this person, and... Uh, I didn't know what he was all about. So I thought, you know, maybe, you know, my Christian friends were Christians because they grew up with it, and that's that's how they fell into it, but I didn't really know much about it otherwise.
0: Understood. You now, uh, last week we had Tony... Lee come up and share his story, and he said that he was an atheist who liked to go up to Christians and challenge them and debate them. He even called it the crying game because he wanted <laughs> to say, "Yo, oh, if I can make this person cry, then I've won." Did you ever play the crying game with Christians? Uh, <laughs> no, I, I <laughs> no, that you were you were no. pretty nice. Not, like not me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Also, and, and, and in fact, some of them were friends. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know, just thought, okay, yeah, that's, that's your thing. I've got my thing. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. like you, you've got your God that you worship and you depend on, you love. I can't see that God, but, you know, that's good for you. Maybe you grew up with that, but I've got my own thing going on. Exactly, okay. yeah. Um, now, I guess my question for you would be, what made you start to get curious about Christianity and, and Jesus and the
1: Bible? Well, I didn't really learn about Christianity. I wasn't exposed to it until actually Charlene also known as Pastor Charlene around here. She actually invited me to her high school, I guess, fellowship group at her church at the time.
0: That's cool, and technically we'll just show a, a photo of them. Uh, do you guys wanna see a picture, an old picture of Pastor Charlene and Jess here? Okay, that, that's them right there. Okay, on I guess the two on the right there, okay. All right. Doesn't Pastor Char look the same? <laughs> kind of. <Yeah. laughs> Always looking good. It's all good. Uh, and uh, there, there's that. The, there's the two of you as well there. Okay. <laughs> uh, in front of your lockers and other. That's that's really cool. Um, and so sorry sorry to interrupt you. Saying that so so uh, Charlene she invited you to her. You rec- do, do you remember how old you guys were? At
1: the time? I was probably around like grade ten or eleven ish type of age group. Yeah. She
0: invited you to your youth group at mm-hmm, her church. At her church at the time. And, yeah. And, and what 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 would happen there?
1: Um, At that time, I think, you know, they would sing worship songs, they would do a bit of Bible study, do some prayer. Um, So, you know, I just got a glimpse of what it was at that time. Um, So, you know, that kind of piqued my interest in Christianity. And what was the message that they were trying to communicate during those times? I think um, what I got from it was that, you know, God sent his son to die on the cross so that we could have a relationship with with him because he loved us so much so that message like really spoke to me and made me want to kind of investigate you know Christianity further
0: now because here's the thing I think some people may be wondering this as well is it you came from a loving family close family you had a good education you know things were going well why did you still feel the need to pursue something faith-oriented
1: I think, honestly, I didn't know I wanted to pursue it until I was exposed to it, because it's true. Before, you know, I was in control of everything, and, you know, I thought, you know, I made my own opportunities, or my parents gave me certain opportunities, and that's how it was. And then once I found, you know, God who, you know, sent his son down the cross for me and loved me and wanted a relationship for me so bad that he would do that, that, that was amazing to me, and I felt like, you know, I need that in my life.
0: And under what circumstances did you get to that point where you're like, um, this is not just amazing, but I, it's not, not, not just interesting, it's not just amazing, but I, I need Jesus in my life. Like kind of making that now personal decision, say I need Jesus in my life. Like what, what was the process that got you there?
1: I think it was actually, you know, a long process. It was actually over um, several years. So, you know, in the beginning, I, I just felt like, you know, I wanted to continue to be in control and, you know, and I was okay with that. Uh, but I think uh, I was kind of maybe even looking for a sign like if God was so powerful would he just send some big miracle in my life to say okay like he's there or maybe just some jolt of energy I don't know what I was looking for to to really believe but I knew you know I just want to investigate for it and I was kind of nudged to do a couple things I felt like through prayer they said you know if you're wanting to make sure the bible is true if you wanna you know make sure it's valid and what it says is true you know you have to investigate so i was encouraged to read a book called case for christ so for those of you who are case not okay. uh, familiar yeah. with that book um, it's about a journalist who worked for the chicago tribune and he was actually on a mission to disprove christianity because his wife became a believer and uh, because she changed and became a believer he, uh, he felt that she was farther from him and he didn't understand what was happening to her so through this kind of anger he said you know what I'm going on a mission I'm going to you know ask the best philosophers and scientists and everything and and try to prove that you know there's holes and this is a, doesn't make sense and she should not be a believer so through this investigation that he did over you know over quite some time he himself he became a believer because of all the compelling evidence that that he came across and he found that you know in fact the bible is one of the best you know documented historical documents out there so you know that that was an eye-opener to read that book well,
0: kind of the the, the the script was flipped in a way yeah yeah he, was, yeah he was kind of saying i'm going to disprove christianity and he looks at the evidence he's like i can't help but you know actually put my faith in this as well and, and exactly. so that's what happens and, and that that book impacted you
1: it impacted me is for sure and then you know on the other side you know I was looking for for signs as well like in, in real life uh, you know present time so what I found that you know when I was encouraged to spend time in the Christian community through you know fellowships and through you know a club at UBC called uh, Campus for Christ I found that you know lives were being changed For the better because they believed you know people were being healed you know people who felt no no joy were feeling more joy it was just you know people who were worried you know were comforted so i was like wow like this is the evidence right in front of me that's happening around me and then i started trusting him more and then and then uh one day you know with all of this happening you know and me kind of starting to get to know him and trust him more i felt you know just this peace in my heart that I'm ready to to accept him into my life and then and then that decision was made, you know, after all of these years of kind of and time put into it.
0: And so, you know, you, you, you investigated some of the questions you had, these honest questions about, mm. you know, can I trust the Bible? Uh, you, you, you read some books on it. You found that, you know what, I, I've got some good things to hang on to here. You, you would, you know, meet with other Christians in, uh, you know, youth group settings or, uh, you know, clubs and stuff. And, and you found that it wasn't just a theory, but there was this real change that you see in these people. Uh, and then you said that all amounted you know, more and more you became at peace with the idea of receiving Jesus do you remember where you were when you received Jesus
1: yeah and I can't even explain why it was that moment but I was just in my room and you know just thinking about it like you know I'm ready to believe so you know I just had this closed heart for all these years and then with all of this stuff I said you know I'm ready to open up my heart to Jesus so I was just in my room sitting there you know with all these thoughts in my head and I go you know I'm ready to open up my heart to him and so I knew okay what should I do now so I remember you know through all these like Different activities I've been to and outings I've been to. You know, yours. You know, you should just open your heart and pray, and you know, open up your heart and say, you know, um, pray a prayer saying that you know Jesus died on the cross for me, and, and I believe that, and I open up my heart to you, and I and I want you in my life, and and I just did that on my own wow. in my room. Well, wow. so yeah. it wasn't
0: actually in a church service. You'd seen it happen before. You've seen people lead mm-hmm. people in prayer, but that like you you didn't respond that necessarily at that time but it was in your room like in your bedroom you prayed the same prayer. Mhm. I was That's just really cool. I was just
1: ready in that moment for wow. something, yeah.
0: And and how would you feel when you when you prayed that prayer?
1: I felt, you know, a lot of comfort and peace with my decision. And at the same time, um, you know, when I was finishing up that prayer, um God said, you know, you should tell someone. And I think uh around that time I think Charlene was coming back from Boston to visit um, Vancouver. So, you know, I'm going to tell Charlene. So then I told Charlene about it, and somehow I think you were there too. Maybe you are picking up her, her her up for a date, or I'm not sure why, but you were there too. And yeah, then, yeah. so you guys uh, both, you know, came back into my home, and you guys prayed for me, and that was a pretty cool, cool special moment. I, I
0: remember that moment as well. It was, you know, we were in your basement. It was the three of us, and you, you talked to us about the decision that you made, and you had some questions about the Bible, and then and then we prayed together, and that's one of the most memorable moments, I think, in, in our friendship together, uh, when you receive Jesus Christ that way. Can we give God a big, big hand for that? That's just amazing. <laughs> Praise God. That's really cool. Um, Actually, it, yeah. I remember
1: when that was, because yeah. Charlene gifted me a Bible um, when this whole thing happened. And I recently looked back on the you know inside the cover and saw the date that she wrote on it, and it was uh, June 1st, 2001.
0: Uh, June 1st, 2001. Praise God. Amazing. Amazing. Now, uh, before I ask you another question, I want to show you and I want to show everyone here a video. It's a very special video for a couple of reasons. Number one, this is the video of Jessica getting baptized. All right, And for those who don't know, baptism is a very simple step. When you put your trust in Jesus Christ uh, and you say, Jesus, I need you as my Savior, then the next natural step to, to show that is to get baptized. And uh, that's what she was doing on that day. It wasn't a graduation. It was a simply a, a simple step to say, yes, I need Jesus in my life. Uh, and so we're going to see her baptism. This baptism is also special for a second reason is because Jessica was the very first person we ever baptized here at Thrive Church Yeah, yeah, that's right That's right Uh, We baptized, I think we celebrated our 100th baptism last year uh, But she will always be the very first And so this video is especially dear to me uh, And uh, we're just going to check out this video right now Let's check it out You can see that uh, we're at Minaru Aquatic Center, and so that's why there are people swimming in the background (laughs) as the baptism is going on, and uh, that's how we did it. All right, can we give God a big hand for that? That's so cool. I look so much younger in that video, don't you find? Oh, man, you look the same, of course, and, uh, and Kevin especially, man. He looks, he looks especially old, but, uh, but uh, praise God. But, uh, you know, um, that was your baptism. Yeah, and, yes. uh, you know, in, in, I guess my question for you is this, is, you know, you received Christ, uh, you know, 17 years ago in, in June of 2001. Uh, what difference has knowing Jesus made in your life?
1: I think for me, um, there's a few big things. So uh, the first is um, just regarding love. So, you know, knowing that God loves me unconditionally allows me to love others around me more or or better. And especially uh, for people who are difficult to love, uh, that, um, you know, he definitely helps me with that. Yeah,
0: for sure. Uh, There's a mentor of mine who calls them... uh, EGR people, extra grace required people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, needing to love them when they're hard to love. God gives us the ability to love
1: them mm-hmm. uh, even when it's hard. That's, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what else? Um, I, I've, you know, depended uh, a lot on God to give me hope. Um, uh, through, you know, life, um, oftentimes, you know, doors close on you and you don't know why. And, you know, it can be frustrating. And knowing that God... Um, has another door, a better door for me to open down the line because I know he has a best in store for me that helps me get through those situations.
0: Amen. Amen. Can you think of a situation where that happened, where a door closed and you are like, you know what, like I, and finding hope in your relationship with Jesus?
1: Yes. I mean, uh, on a professional level, um, when I was trying to open up my clinic, um, it, it took a while because, I mean, I was trying to find a location for quite some time. I had, you know, a certain place in mind, you know, a certain size, a certain price in mind that I wanted, a certain neighborhood. And, you know, I kept trying and trying and, you know, for some reason the leases would fall through, something would happen. And, um, there was this one in particular that, you know, was pretty much almost all set in stone. And then something just fell through at the very end. And then uh, what's crazy is, you know, you know, I lifted up the situation. I was so frustrated and I was like, well, why is this happening? Why is this taking so long? Why is it not going my way? And I said, you know, I can't, I can't do this. can't do this on my own so I just lifted up the situation to God and said you know I don't know why this is happening um, but I trust that you have something better in store for me and and what happened was a couple weeks later this location that I had seen before it was too big it was too expensive so it was just not an option and uh, the landlord called and said you know what we're gonna split the unit in half and you know the price was good um, so that we could be there so, you know, I was like, this is, this is amazing. This is crazy. And, um, you know, it, it just uh, was just a, an amazing thing that God did for me. Yeah, that's really good. Cool. Yeah.
0: I we've got a big hand for that as well. <laughs> Praise God for that. And so you, you're knocking on so many doors, and you thought they would open, but they remain closed. And then finally God gave you something that was even better than anything that you'd asked mm-hmm. for before. I remember we were going through that and praying with you through that season. And when we got the news of that, do you remember what i said to you i think i said something like you know sometimes god loves us too much to let us have our own way Mm -hmm. uh and i remember because you were looking at all different these different locations and the one that you end up looking for was even better than anything Mm -hmm. that you considered prior and god was almost like protecting you by closing those doors so that you could have something even better that he had in store for you Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes god loves you too much to let you have your own way amen Amen. 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 Uh, You mentioned two things. Uh, You know, one is that you find that there is the ability to love people even when they're difficult to love, when you've got Jesus in your life. Another one was hope, you know, in tough circumstances when doors close. Uh, What's the third thing?
1: Um, God gives me strength um, through a lot of different, um, you know, seasons in my life. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's strength emotionally or, or physical strength. So no, no matter what it is, you know when I feel like I can't do it on my own and need you know his strength to get me through it, then you know that that's when he he has come through for me.
0: Can you think of an example of when you've experienced that
1: um, yeah, I mean kind of f- fairly recently, you know I became a mother, and you know it didn't happen the way I pictured or or wished for um and uh what happened was you know my, my pregnancy was you know pretty smooth, everything went well, and then kind of, you know, several weeks early, six weeks early, my my water broke, you know, I was still working at the time, you know, I hadn't had my baby shower yet, I still hadn't, you know, done my maternity photo shoot, I had my prenatal class coming up, so, you know, my plans were just, you know, out the door, and, um, you know, I didn't know why it happened, um, but, you know, it was, it was a scary time, because, um, you know, I was put on bed rest at the hospital, and, you know, just prayed, you know. For the health of my baby, because, um, you know, at the time doctors were saying, you know, his lungs uh, might not be really fully developed at this time. You know, we'll likely need to bring him up to the NICU after he's born, and it's not how the, ha- the, the the neonatal uh, intensive care unit. Um, you know, for kids that just you know can't you know breathe on their own very well yet, yeah. and you know, are just a little more weak. So. Uh, you know, it's not how you imagine your first time being a parent, course, yeah. you know, to, to go. Right. So, you know, I I was worried, obviously, and, um, you know, scared in that situation. Um, but uh, so I just, you know, lifted up the situation to God because I know that, you know, me being worried and scared, you know, can't change things. Mm. It won't help the situation. So, um, you know, I just um, lifted my son up to God and just lifted the whole like process to God and said, you know. Please, you know, watch over my son. Keep him healthy. You know, mm. keep him keep him inside me as long as you can, yeah. and you know, and then you know, just you know, had a bit more peace, comfort over the situation at that time. Um, so about a week later, my son um, didn't naturally come out. Um, and uh, what's what's kind of crazy and amazing is like in the birth room. Um, yes, he was born premature, but um, his oxygen levels were actually low at the time of his birth and so you know they they just uh you know said okay we have to bring him up to the NICU now so my husband you know went upstairs uh, with him and I stayed in the recovery room and then um when I got up there like my son was in the same room as me which is not not what happens because the NICU is in a separate room And and, and apparently his oxygen levels got to a normal level as we as he went up the elevator, I guess, and and he didn't have to be in the NICU anymore, which is amazing. So instead of, you know, seeing my son in a separate room at birth, you know, he was right next to me, which is all I could ask for.
0: Amazing. Can we give God a big hand for that as well? That's amazing. Wow. So the doctors were saying, yeah, he has to go to the neonatal intensive care unit. Yeah, that's where, like, That we need to treat him. His lungs aren't fully developed. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then as they're going up the flight of stairs all of a sudden there's a sudden improvement in his lungs such that they're like, oh, he actually doesn't be, have to be here anymore yeah. and he could stay with you. And in fact, we've got some pictures of uh, little Owen right here, uh, the next one as well. This is you guys leaving the hospital, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. A happy moment. That's incredible. Um, after that, we'll show, show this next one. This is you guys as Canuck fans with, uh, <laughs> with little Owen there. Awesome. Uh, and then finally, let's show one more. This is Owen now, uh, r- a more recent picture of him, and he's looking fantastic. In fact, uh, the, two weeks ago when we were getting ready for Easter service, I saw Owen running around here. Uh, all the older kids were on the stage practicing, and he looked like he wanted to be a part of that. And uh, just amazing to see uh, how you know, at the end of that story that you know, you've got a happy, healthy, strong Amen. boy uh, mm-hmm. who's uh, as, uh, as good, good looking at his, as his parents. And so that's, uh, that's really, really cool. Can we give God a big, big hand for that? That's amazing um why do you think that happened in terms of like or let me put this way why do you think god allowed that situation to be so difficult with the birth um
1: i think whenever we go through difficult situations um we grow as people our character develops and when we lean on god in these difficult situations our relationship with him grows it changes because when you depend on him And, um, you know, and he does what he does and and you see his blessings. I mean, that just grows our relationship to be a deeper level with with God.
0: Absolutely, for sure. And uh, it's not because he's not there. It's not because he doesn't care. It's because he's there to grow us. He's there to show that his power is perfect in our weakness. Mm -hmm. Um, And in many ways, you could even say that, you know, God was writing an even greater story than anything that you and your husband Vin could have written at that time. Now you can tell Owen Years later, when he's older, you can say, hey, Owen, this is what happened in the hospital. Because with God's help, you got through that, you can get through anything. Mm -hmm. Amen. Down the road, when he's going through his tough times, he has a story he can hang on to. You guys have a story that you can hang on to. And that wouldn't have happened if God didn't allow that difficult situation. And so it's because God had a greater story. If you guys believe that, say amen. 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 Well, Jess, you've been amazing uh, on this uh, tour of your life and your story. Uh, I think we all really appreciate just how transparent you've been with us about some of the good times and some of the tough times as well. Um, I guess my last question for you is this, is cause you come from a scientific background, and there's a stereotype out there that says, and I asked Tony this question because he's a medical doctor last week, I asked him this question, I'm going to ask him the same one, which is that, you know, what do you say to people who say, I believe in science, I can't believe in God, or I believe in science, I can't be a Christian. How can you possibly be a serious scientist or a science student and also believe in Jesus? What would you say to those people?
1: Um, I think you know science and Christianity do come hand in hand. Um, for example, when I'm you know looking at journals right now or um, new articles about treatments for optometry-related stuff, I'll see, you know, you know, what is this protocol? And then, you know, are the results repeatable? So are people getting better because of this medication or treatment method? And if they are, that's what we apply. That's what we start doing in, in, in our clinic. And, you know, when it comes to Christianity, you know, when you see lives just changing for the better over and over again for, you know, so many different things, you know, why not apply it to your own life? Mm. And that's kind wow. of how I saw it.
0: That's a really cool stuff. I've never, I've never heard that perspective before from, from, from anyone. And, but to, to, to hear it from you, from the background that you come from, uh, is, uh, is amazing. Can we give Jessica Chang, Dr. Jessica Chang, a big, big hand and just thank her for sharing her story with us today? You did an awesome job. That's That's great. That's great. One more time. Let's give God a big hand. Let's give Jessica a big hand as well. Thanks so much, guys. Come on, prep team. Praise God. Why don't you turn your neighbors on your right and your left as we're doing the scene change? Give them a high five and say, God's writing a greater story. Praise God. Did you guys enjoy listening to and hearing from Jessica and her story? Didn't she do an awesome job? Let's give Jessica another big hand here right now. Thank you so much, Jess. You know, I learned a number of things from Jess's story. Uh, one is never give you, never give her your address book. All right, don't ever give Just that address book. Uh, another thing, though, I learned is that uh, not all atheists are hell bent on uh, making Christians cry. <laughs> Last week we had a funny story with uh, Tony, who was an atheist who tried to make Christians cry. Very combative, uh, very closed, uh, very set on kind of. Kind of, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, calling Christians out. Uh, But I think Jess's story is an example of how some people who would consider themselves atheists are honestly just searching and they're open. And uh, that means for you, if you are a follower of Jesus, that means don't be afraid. Amen? Turn your neighbor and say, don't be afraid. You know, just as uh, Pastor Shar, when she was, what, 15, 16 years old, said, hey, Jess, you know, want to come to my youth group? She boldly reached out to her. Uh, God used Pastor Shar. In the story that God was writing in Justice's Life. And God, when you are bold in reaching people and inviting them to church, inviting them to small group or sharing Jesus with them, you don't have to be afraid. Because God is going to use you to impact their story as well. If you believe that, say amen. You know, another one here that I learned is that if you're like in Justice's shoes where you are searching. You're exploring Christianity. You're not really dead set yet on, yeah, I'm definitely a Christian or I- I'm still figuring this out. If that's you, then one of the best things you can do is to investigate some of the questions you have. Is that you are probably not the first person to have those questions. Don't just go to Google and go, is Christianity true? But go and really research it. Go and really research. Look at the best books you can find to research the objections that you may have or the questions that you may have, and you may find some answers that will pleasantly surprise you. Uh, there's also something that uh, just did that I want to encourage you to do if you are someone who's exploring Christianity right now is plug yourself into Christian community. It's awesome to see many of you who came last week to our, Christ- or to our Easter service, and you're back today, and it's awesome to have you here. One of the best things you can do so you can see that Christianity is not just a theory, but is really a life-changing relationship with Jesus. The best thing you can do is to see that in real life, to meet other Christians, to spend time with them, to pray with them, to, you know, to hang out with them, and to be in church together. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. A third thing I learned from uh, Jessica, as I also learned from Tony's story last week, is that you can be a serious student of science and also be a sincere follower of Jesus. That science and faith are not mutually exclusive. It's not one or the other. But actually, you can actually love Jesus and love science at the same time. But you know what the most important lesson that I think I learned from Jess's story is? You know what? The, the, my mo- the most important lesson I took from it is this. Listen to this. Is that when things don't go your way, remember God is writing a greater story with your life when God closed the door when that tough time takes place, when that person says those things that were hurtful and you're like, why did that happen? God, why did you allow that? When circumstances don't go the way that you plan, don't think that God is not there, he doesn't care, but just believe and remember that God is writing a greater story in and through your life than anything that you could write for yourself. Give God a big, big hand here in this place if you believe that right now. God is writing a greater story. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is writing a greater story. You know, so many of us, we want to be in control, just like Jess, just like in high school. She's like, you know, I'm in control. You know, my life is about my choices, the stuff I do. It's maybe some of the stuff my parents give me, but it's really more about just what I do. It's all about that. And then she gets to a point where she's realized actually, there's a lot of stuff I can't control. You know, when it came to you know finding a business location, so much stuff that she couldn't control. When it came to the health of her son when he was just born, so much stuff that she couldn't control. And one of the big lessons from Jess's life that you can learn today is that maybe you're here today and you're stressed out about the future because there's so much you can't control. Maybe you're worried about an uncertainty that hasn't resolved itself yet and there's so much out of your control. Maybe you know, you've been knocking on a door or several doors and none of them have opened, they all remain closed, and you feel there's so much out of your control. Maybe there's people who've hurt you in the past and you could do nothing about it. There's so much under control. If that's you in this place, you need to know today is that God is writing a greater story in and through your life, greater than anything that you could ever imagine for yourself. You know, every story has its ups and downs. Let, let me put it another way: every good story has its ups and downs. You know, could you could you imagine if your life story was always good and comfortable? Oh, I was I was born. My mom my, my mom experienced no pain whatsoever. You know, she didn't even feel a thing. You know, she was just you know she was just sleeping one day, and then all of a sudden I came out. You know, oh, and then as I grew up, never cried. Uh, I never you know complained. I I lived a perfect life. Uh, and then in grade school, always straight A's, 4.0 GPA all the way through. Uh, you know, I I I wasn't even applying for Harvard, but in grade ten they gave me a scholarship to Harvard to do a doctorate. Uh, and then you know after that I I married after a long line of people who wanted to marry me. I decided to pick number 77. Number 77 became my wife or my husband. We had a baby. In fact, I didn't feel the pain at all. In fact, they just kind of came up to us and said, can we be uh, you know, your, your kids? And they were indeed my kids. You know, like, if, if that's you, then ugh, that is a boring story. Amen. And it's not real. But see, here's the thing. The reason why God allows us to go through those situations where there's struggle, where there's challenges, where there's stuff we don't expect is because he's writing a greater story with your life than anything you could write yourself. Amen? Every story has its ups and downs. Every good story has ups, downs. It's got mountains. It's got valleys. It's got twists and turns. Every good story has those moments where you feel like all hope is lost where you feel like you can't go on anymore and all of a sudden, for a moment, things turn for the better. That is the kind of story that God is an expert at writing over and over, a story where Jesus is the hero. He loves to write those kind of stories and he's writing that same story in your life as well. If you believe that, give God a big, big hand here in this place right now because God is writing a greater story in and through your life. Let's look at Romans 8, chapter 28 right now. Romans 8, sorry, verse 28. Let's read it big, loud voice. You guys have been awesome. Why don't you read this with me one more time? One, two, three, it says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Everyone say, And we know that in all things God works. And we know in all things God works. Everyone say, All things. The Bible says, in all things, God works. In your most disappointing things, in things that don't work out your way, in things that might break your heart, in things that you didn't expect, in things that sometimes seem too difficult, in things that you don't understand, in things that you can't solve, in all things, God works. In other words, it doesn't all depend on you. Tell your neighbor, it doesn't all depend on you. It doesn't depend all on you because God is working in all things. In fact, that is what the gospel is all about. In fact, that is what the gospel is, uh, you know, that's what makes it unique compared to every other faith out there. Every other faith is about your work, what you have to do, the work you need to do to get to God. And, And you have to kind of work your way to God and somehow maybe just maybe you'll earn your way to God. But the, 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 the good news is this, that when we had no way of reaching God, when we couldn't work our way to God, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to finish the work that only he could do when he died on the cross for our sins so that we could be forgiven, so that we could have a relationship with God. And then he rose again from the grave to show that neither death nor sin have any hold over him. And anyone who places their trust in Jesus Christ, they have the hope of eternal life. They are brought back to God. They've got forgiveness for their sins. They've got not just a second chance. But a new beginning come on give God a big big hand here in this place because that's what Jesus does turn your neighbor and say that's what Jesus does and So you can depend on Jesus you can depend on the story he's writing with your life look at Jeremiah 29 verse 11 together it's the last verse for today what it say? it says for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future keep on going it says verse 12 then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart do you guys know that the most important part of the story that God is writing in your life is that you were made for a relationship with God through Jesus Christ is that you were made to seek God to find God and to experience God's plans for your life and all of a sudden to discover that it wasn't so much that you were seeking God It was that God was seeking you. It wasn't that you were reaching for God. It was that God was reaching for you. And the Bible says that if you will call upon me and come and pray to me, God says, I will hear and I will listen to you. That relationship with God begins when you call in the name of Jesus and you pray to him and say, God, I need you. Forgive my sins. Please come and save me. And so God is writing a greater story in and through our lives. And with that in mind, we're going to get ready to respond to God. Why don't you stand up to your feet right now, turn your neighbors on your right and your left, give them a high five and say, God is writing a greater story. I'm going to invite the, the band to come up and lead us in a song. And uh, we're going to get ready to respond to God as we close off our service today. And uh, we're going to sing the song we just sang earlier called The Resurrecting. And it's an appropriate song as we talk about how you might be in your darkest hour today, but God is writing a greater story for your life. If you believe us, say amen. Let's sing song and the song in response to God together. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to lead you in a time where you can respond to God today. God didn't just make you to be a spectator. He made you to be a participant. He didn't just make you to have information. He came to give you a transformation that can only happen by the power that is in Jesus Christ. And so here in this place, with every head bowed and every eye closed, We want to pray for those of you who've never received Jesus Christ into your life before. And uh, if that's you, and you're here, you're sitting here today, and maybe you've been to church before, maybe you've heard about God before, but you've never opened up your heart to Jesus and said, Jesus, I need you in my life. Would you forgive me my sins? The Bible says that when you receive Jesus Christ, it's as simple as praying a prayer. It's not so much the words that you say that matter. It's more the attitude of your heart, that if you would just humbly open up your heart and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. And would you forgive me my sins? The Bible says that you are a child of God, that your sins are forgiven, that you are brought back to God, not just for a moment, but not just for a lifetime, but you have a relation with God that's going to last into eternity. And so if that's you today, and you want to receive... Jesus into your life today. Just like Jess in her room, she opened up her heart to Jesus and said, Jesus, I need you. Just like Tony last week, he, you know, lifted up his hands uh, when he shared about last week, about how he lifted up his hands in a church service and said, Jesus, I need you. Just like 40 people lift up their hands last week to say, Jesus, I need you. And they did that for the first time. If that's you in this place, and you know you realize you need Jesus Christ in your life, why don't you pray this prayer with me right now? In fact, we'll all pray it together in support of those praying for the first time. Why don't you pray this right now? Why don't you lift your hands to God as you pray it? You can say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need you. Thank you. Thank you for being patient with me. For, being with me. for never giving up on me.
1: Yes, up
0: on Thank you me. Thank for you. dying on the cross to, to cross to pay for my sins. For, my for sins. rising again. Rising to, again. Give me life. to give me life. Today, Today, I open up my heart I up my and heart. I say, please come in. I receive you, I receive into, you. My into my life. Be my, Be, my Be, my Be my savior. Be my God. Be my I worship, you, I worship you and I thank you thank that because of Jesus, Jesus. I have a brand new, brand new beginning. In Jesus' name I pray. Name I pray. Amen. 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 You've got a big hand, a big shout together right now. Can you do that right now? If you prayed that prayer, congratulations. We hope you tell someone about it. Fill out the connect card form that's on your chair. Uh, Let us know about it. We've got a gift to give you as well, uh, a a new believer pack to just congratulate you and to encourage you uh, as you take that next step with Jesus. We also want to pray, pray lastly for those who are here. And you are going through a tough time right now. And in your heart, you've asked yourself, why? God, why did that person do that? Why did that person say those things? Why did that thing go the way that it did? Why did that door close? God, why did that thing, why why was that thing so hard? Why was that situation so difficult? And you've been asking why, and you're realizing today that God was there all along that he was there writing a story that is greater than anything you could ever write yourself with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you realize today that instead of complaining, instead of worrying, instead of stressing out, instead of blaming others, it's this time to trust God, that he is writing a greater story in and through your life. If that's you, want do you raise your hand to God in this place right now as a response to him to say, God, thank you that you're writing a greater story. Thank you that the best is yet to come. Thank you that because Jesus is in my life, he is the hero of my life and he's also the hero of of my story. If that's you, then why don't you lift your hands to God and start talking to God in your own words right now and just talk to God and surrender that situation to his hands and thank God that truly the best yet to come. Come on, just start talking to God in this place right now. Thank you, Jesus that you're with us today. Thank you, God that you're working in this place. Thank you, God that we can truly say the best is yet to come. It's all because of you. You are writing a greater story than anything else that we could ever imagine to write ourselves. Thank you, Jesus, for every closed door. Thank you, Jesus, for things that don't go away because they're all just stepping stones to something even better that you have planned for your people we thank you jesus we thank you god there's none like you we give you praise thank you jesus thank you god thank you father why don't you pray this prayer with me right now and say heavenly father, heavenly father thank you thank you, you. that you're the, best story writer, you're the best story writer that you are the author of my story and that you're writing a story that is greater than anything I could write myself. And so with the things I can't control, I'm gonna trust in you. Because in all things, you work for the good of those who love you. Thank you that you know the plans you have for me. Plans to prosper me and not to harm me. Plans to give me hope and a future. And because you're writing a greater story than I can ever write, I can say, Jesus is the hero of my life. And the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You've got a big hand, a big show in this place right now. Come on.